This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Shauna L. Francis, the author of I Am the Beacon, an extraordinary journey of awakening in these times of ascension. Shauna is a spiritual warrior dedicated to the emancipation of negative reptilian energy that has saturated this planet for millennia. She is first and foremost a rebel of sorts, and she is just learning what this really means. Shauna has jumped into the deep end of her subconscious to access spiritual realms she never imagined were there and available. She is a conscious channel of many highly evolved beings, including the Galactic Council, the Galactic Federation of Light, Melchizedek, Archangel Metatron, and the Pleiadians. Her love, light, and dedication to her mission serve as inspiration to many around the planet who are ready to awaken and embrace their divine sovereignty and activate the codes of light within their own systems. Currently, Shauna channels the Galactic Federation of Light daily in real time and posts those transmissions on YouTube. The GFL is providing love, support, and guidance as we awaken as individuals and as we ascend as a species to the fifth dimension. Meet Shauna on shaunalfrancis.com. Here is the interview with Shauna L. Francis. In your own words, who is Shauna L. Francis? You know, um, I... My feeling of myself is changing all the time. And here I am uh, turning 49 in January. And I, I don't think I'm any closer to really understanding, you know, myself and this life and my mission and kind of this experience that we call life. Uh, you know, I feel like it's ever changing. And I, I've gone through a major transition recently. And I almost feel like sometimes I'm a child again in terms of who I am and my knowing of myself. And again, really understanding what we're doing here. Do you have any idea what the purpose of the human experience is? So the human experiment, as I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, I think similar to a lot of uh, the other interviewees that you have on, on your show, it is, um, you know, I, I, I believe we are an everlasting soul of light, infinite in nature, omnipresent, having a very temporary human experience here on earth. And we've come here for all kinds of reasons. And a lot of it is karmic. It's for learning and lessons and also just good old fashioned experiences. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think at this time, I'm, I'm, I firmly believe that we are going through an ascension here and the vibration of this planet is speeding up. And there are certain those of us here on this planet at this time living a life um, to really be in service to this transformation. I'm wondering why some of us don't notice that, don't know that that is happening. I see people around me who are very unaware of all of this. So I'm wondering why. Uh, yeah, it's such a good question. And it's, um, I feel like, you know, what my guides have said is, um, you know, this is a very dense third dimensional experience here on this planet. It is the school of hard knocks. It is one of the most difficult places that we can evolve as a soul. Uh, but I understand that we have enthusiastically raised our hands to be here at this time. Um, even though we knew it would be hard, uh, I think the illusion is so strong. The veil is so thick. Um, and I think, oh, you know, maybe, maybe Valeria in the next coming months or years, um, it'll be easier for people to wake up and, and kind of be able to get out of kind of the misery and the chaos and the fear that a lot of us find ourselves in. I hope, I hope so. I also have heard that 2020 has presented a lot of challenges and chains that has to do with that, with that universal change. So what lessons have you learned from 2020? Oh, you know, it's kind of interesting as when I think about 2020, it's hard not to think about COVID, right? This pandemic. And I, I honestly feel like for at least for lightworkers and star seeds, and again, if, if you're resonating with this message around ascension and vibration and, and this type of thing, there's a very good chance that you're here on this planet to help with this raising of consciousness. But COVID, it seemed to me like a very important break in our monotony and our day-to-day -day routines. Like it just was this collective, like everybody had to halt. And what, it, what an incredible way to kind of wake up out of the illusion, okay. kind of get off the hamster wheel and look around and reassess your life and your world and mm -hmm. uh, the people around you and understand kind of what's more important. But I thought it was a very jarring way to um, just almost just uh, put a kink in the system in a good way to help us really wake up and look around and take a deep breath. Mm, yeah. I love the some of the words that I have heard the pause. Yeah, breathing deeper, understanding ourselves, looking within all these possibilities and opportunities this year. That's wonderful. I know many of us have experienced quite the opposite, um, more compound suffering and pain, losing people they love. And um, but would you say that's part of the transition? Some of us will be called yeah to lose the body even. Yes, I, I do actually. And again, if you, if you really do understand or believe, you know, if this resonates with you, that you are an everlasting soul of light, having a, really a temporary human experience, death is just another transition, just as birth is a transition, but oh, the pain and the suffering, um, it's really, <clears throat> it is a frenetic time right now and has been for 2020. And, and I think it will continue to be um, as these energy frequencies really start uh, ratcheting up, and it, I think it's going to get harder for those who are resisting light, who are resisting love, who are hanging on to the comfortable old paradigm. And uh, I think it, I, oh, I, but my heart goes out. I have a lot of compassion for those who are really um, suffering at this time. And I, and I see it, but, you know, leaving the body 
can be a, a great um, learning opportunity for people and uh, truly is just a transition onto something bigger and better, in my opinion. What is your understanding and idea of what healing is? Well, I, my understanding is we have a four-body system here. We've got our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual slash energetic parts to us. And when you're out of alignment in any one of those areas, it affects the whole And then you've got dis-ease, you know, um, these things that are uh, shadows, um, the discomforts of something being out of alignment there. And it could be energetic in nature. It could be physical. I think all these things really manifest in the physical that are happening more on an energetic level. Truly, everything is energy. Absolutely everything, including our thoughts, including our emotions like stress. So to me, healing, oh my goodness, um, It's being able to be out of these lower states of vibration and raising your vibration up to love and light. And I, and I think a lot of the disease and the the areas where we need healing is a, it's manufactured out of fear and all the emotions that go along with fear. You know, you've got anger, um, judgment, uh, regret, regret and remorse. Oh my gosh. You know, think of the anxiety about the future, anxiety about the past. And when you're, you know, again, identifying with the pure fear paradigm here um that's where there's healing that's an opportunity to lift that up to something higher brighter lighter into love and light and you speak about love and fear love the way you say that um, in your book um, what life's all about first you say love for ourselves then love for everything else the embodiment of love help us evolve as souls on this precious planet we call Earth. So I guess this is a moment to ask you about love. What are some of the perhaps simple ways we can practice love, embody love? Mm. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I do believe that in order to really experience love, you must have it for yourself. And it must be unconditional. And uh, some of the quickest ways that we can experience love for ourselves is uh, through self-forgiving. <laughs> self-forgiving. Our, we are our harshest critics. Oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> oh, Think yeah. <laughs> You ask any person on the street, name 10 <laughs> things you regret in your life. And, I mean, you just got, you've got 23, 23 items at the top of your head that you can think of that things that you've done you regret, right? So this, this whole self-love idea here is it's critical for everything. It's really hard to love others when you don't really hold that love for yourself. So I think the experiencing of love is absolutely accepting yourself and everything that you have done, been, said, experienced as uh, absolutely what your soul has brought you in this lifetime to learn and for karma and for these experience we talked about and just trusting that, you know what? Through all suffering, there is a silver lining. Through all suffering, there are lessons and ways that you've persevered, that you've overcome, and uh, being that beacon for others coming out of that wreckage, right? Coming out of those challenges and out of that pain and suffering. Um, and I and I tell my clients, um, I, I'll do one-on-one sessions with people, and um, you know, I tell people, you did the best you could at the time, knowing what you knew. So again, with the idea of regret and this shame that we that we carry around with us that really stop us from loving ourselves. Um, so 
you know, it's really easy for us at this point in our evolution with these higher vibrations to look back 10 years and say, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I am so mad at myself. And for 10 years, you hold this, you know, this shame and this darkness. Well, again, you did the best you could at the time, knowing what you knew at that vibration. Please forgive yourself. Yeah. I often wonder if that is another journey in practice for life. Or do you think it's possible to get to that deeper understanding of unconditional self-love and live by that light? Oh, well, I think that is the absolute goal. I mean, to be able to just walk around in your day, because we are, we are humans on earth. We've got legs, we've got, you know, bodies and <laughs> minds yeah. and, yes. you know, people and places and things, right? Where it's a very dense existence. And boy, to be able to walk this planet, beaming love and light, and being light on your feet, like you're walking on a cloud and having everybody who comes into contact you experience that love because it comes from within. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. But yes, I think we can get there. I do. I really do. The hope, because <laughs> I often <laughs> ask that question. And so many of us, yeah, especially women, they say, oh, I don't think it's something that we can achieve, <laughs> but we can practice. I do believe we can get there. I agree. Me too. What is spirituality to you? Oh, my gosh. Well, for me personally, it is just, um, again, I think it's about kind of almost a, an awakening here, again, that this is an illusion for learning, um, that we are an infinite soul of light, of love, all one with the omnipresent God presence, um, the prime creator. We are an aspect of God ourselves. We carry that Christ consciousness within us. Um, so that spirituality is, oh, it's like the breath of life here, um, understanding that we are part of a larger whole here, um, do unto others that, you know, you do to yourself, you know, you can't, it's that the idea you're not judging, that you have compassion and love for yourself and for others. I um, mean, it's connecting that way to just something much bigger than what meets the eye here in this very temporary human experience. I think it's super easy to lose touch with that inner love and that inner knowing and something bigger and grander with, you know, than yourself when you're doing your job every day and you're miserable at it, you're not in a relationship that's fulfilling, um, that you've got all this strife. And I think it's hard to connect that way. So spirituality to me is really striving to really make that connection to love and to light. In whatever way, unique way we choose to, right, Shona? Absolutely. It'll yeah. be unique for everybody because spirituality for other people very much as well. I go to church every Sunday and I'm spiritual or I believe in Jesus and I'm spiritual. So, um, all, you know, th this word is uh, so all encompassing and so different for everybody. And, you know, it's a, it's honoring that, you know, those experiences for other people as well. Freedom. What is freedom to you? What is to be free finally? Uh, you know, my my guides talk about freedom and sovereignty all the time. Um, I think we, from what I know, and from, again, working with the Galactic Federation of Light and some of my guides here, we do not know ourselves as free. <laughs> and it's, it's basically a consciousness thing. Like, we're just not aware of our, of our ability to choose. We, so many of us, and again, this pain and suffering, we feel like we are victims. Many of us identify with this idea we are a victim. We don't have choice which equals we don't have freedom. And they're saying just the opposite. Like we are free, sovereign beings, making our own choices every day, creating our own realities and our own experiences every day. 
So freedom is being conscious of that freedom. I think, oh, wow. you know? <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. It's just knowing that we um, are free and, you know, I... we can make these decisions. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering sometimes if this is um, also the purpose of life, just to have fun finding what is already there. <laughs> it is. I do. I think it is. It, and, and we want to make it more complicated because our, our, our egos are so strong in our world, right? We, all of us are so immersed in our egos and, they, and our ego wants to keep us safe. And this is a chaotic wor world. It's a, we identify with suffering and with being a victim, but it is, Valeria, Valeria it is about being in your bliss following your excitement, being in this place of love and light and um, light on your feet. And that is true freedom. And it's just being okay with that. What do you love most about being a woman? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> you know, um, I, I think you, that's a great question. But I, it's interesting, because I've so often in my life, really identified more with the masculine. Um, and through my awakening journey here, the last two years, my guides, again, my team, my higher self has been, been Shauna, you can be more soft, you can be more nurturing to yourself, you know, allow the creativity to come through. Um, you know, but it, you know, I, I definitely feel like female, what we're doing here, it's bringing this, this goddess energy, we are warriors of light and of love in our own ways, we are the nurturers. Um, and I think um, right now, Ladies, you know, our relationships are changing. We are um, changing ourselves and we are busting through relationships that no longer serve us. Um, but we have identified with, you know, always taking care of other people. And right now with this ascension, it is very much about us women, especially taking care of ourselves first, the idea of being selfish in a good way, but really putting ourselves first at this time is super important. Yeah. For some reason, we need more permission to do that. We do. We do. That conditioning is very strong. Have you faced any challenges for being in a human body as a woman? Um, well, yes. Um, kind of more 3D world type stuff, but definitely throughout my career, I'm blonde. I have, um, <laughs> you know, a bigger chest, as they say. Um, and I, I think, you know, people, especially being in male-dominated um, careers, which I have been in technology and marketing and that kind of thing. You, I think I feel like I had to fight extra hard to be heard and to be respected. Um, I think almost just from my looks, people just, um, uh, certain, certain folks, I, it felt dismissive. So, um, so that was kind of was one of my early, early on, I was in that career for 25 years before my transition, my awakening, but, um, working really hard to fight for respect and, I had to really give that up and just know that I don't need respect and approval and, and all that from anybody or anything. I already have that within me internally. So how did you become a writer? And what was the inspiration and also the process of writing your book, I Am the Beacon, An Extraordinary Journey of Awakening in These Times of Ascension? Well, <clears throat> this book um, actually started out as my very personal journal. And um, for some of you in the audience here who may uh, relate to this, I basically knew nothing about the Ascension two years ago. I really knew nothing about extraterrestrial presence. I hadn't really thought about spirit guides or archangels or any of that. But um, I really had some really uh, incredible experiences two, two and a half years ago that woke me up. 
and kind of jarred my world like a two by four. And I started really keeping close track in my journal about what was happening. And um, early on in this process, an archangel, Archangel uh, Metatron actually came through um, and said that I'd write a book and uh, it would be about John the Baptist. And so that set me on this path of taking really good notes about what was going on with John the Baptist in my meditations. And this turned into my personal journal, which became a book that I published here recently. Talk to me briefly about these two books and the way they were written. <laughs> um, I love that you brought this up because I think they're, the messages are also very similar, but come at it at com from completely different places. Um, the Course in Miracles, as probably many of your audience knows, it, it's a very, I mean, it's a deep, heavy read for me. I was reading that maybe two, three, four pages at once, and that's all I could do. Um, because it's uh, it's almost written like the Bible, uh, but I love that book so much. It's a life changer. But then Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh, that's like the every person's uh, uh, path to God and all these messages wrapped up in humor and levity and uh, really approachable. So I thought they were bo both a really good balance for me, but opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the language used and how the messages were conveyed. So how did you discover this spiritual gift of channeling? So <clears throat> my, um, I went to a psychic here about two and a half years ago, who introduced me to my spirit guide. And um, she said, his name is Micah, and you have spent 20 lifetimes together. So I'm like, wow, this is cool. So I immediately, um, like that very next day, I started writing questions for Micah. And he started answering me. And it took probably, I don't know, two or three weeks of daily kind of journaling and writing out my questions and writing out answers when I really got used to the idea, okay, this isn't just me. This is not just my imagination, but this is a higher consciousness coming through me um, to help me with these questions. <clears throat> and so I have, <laughs> I have journal upon journal upon journal of uh, my, my dialogues with Micah and, and that morphed into um, working with an archangel, Archangel Metatron, as I mentioned, and then that became working with the Galactic Council. So um, Valeria was almost like it was uh, a process, like as I was ready, they'd come forward more and more, but only until I was ready to accept that it was real. My vibration was high enough to really be able to interact with them in that way. And just um, having uh, the bravery almost to say, yes, I'm doing this. And I stand by it. Um, because a lot of people have channeling experiences, and they don't believe them. They don't believe it. They think I'm just making this up. And so we want to make it more complicated than it is. But it's really not that complicated. It's just a matter of trusting. So yeah, that channeling, journaling early on in, in my channeling uh, was very important. Yeah, I love this component of trust. That might be the main one. And I also often wonder if channeling, it's connected to intuition. Is that possible to listen to our intuition and that be a kind of channeling as well or not really? I would say absolutely yes. Um, you know, channeling is uh, it's a it's a method of communication and it could look all kinds of ways. So like right now I'm working with the Galactic Federation of Light and I've channeled them I channeled them for a hundred days straight <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so, and it was, um, but I'll tell you, and like people come to me in my sessions and they say, well, I want to channel I'm like, well, 
they name all these other ways that their, their guides show up for them, but they don't hear the voice. So they think they're not channeling. I'm like, don't dismiss anything else. If they're coming to you in dreams, if they are bringing you divine synchronicities in your life, if they are um, bringing you knowing and energy, you are channeling, you are communicating, you're connected. But people want to put that in a box. You know, I need to hear, hear the big booming voice of Oz come through and tell me what to do. Like, no, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> so intuition, absolutely. Um, you know, and you just check in with yourself. Like, is that my higher self? Is this my heart? Or could this possibly be a guide? And, um, you know, I think it's checking in with yourself. If it's negative, fear-based, uh, judgment on others or something negative for you, then I would question that might be your ego, you know? Recently, I just spoke to somebody who talked to me about speaking with different being, but he said that not all of them want the best for us on earth. So that surprised me. Do you have any information on that? That generally could not actually be beneficial to humanity? You know, I, I have read that. Um, it has not been my personal experience that I've had what I would call a negative or lower vibration entity want to come through and speak through me. But, um, you know, I believe that that happens for other people. Um, but I, uh, but my personal experience doesn't necessarily include that, but I would, yeah, I think if it's something negative and hurtful or harmful or fear-based or again, judgmental against others or power hungry, I would, um, I would question, I would question that. I really would. Um, I'd really, and I'd pray for protection. I'd ask for protection and light. You can always call upon the big archangels like Michael to come through with their sword. And these intentions and the, these prayers are very powerful. So no, you know, I think people tend to dismiss that, but no, you know, this, uh, this sets your manifestation in um, motion. So what makes us open to these communications, like you mentioned, being ready. So both ways, what makes us open and ready to receive positive energies and positive messages and then the opposite? Mm. So open and ready, uh, to be really ready for this, um, <clears throat> we have free will. You have to state your intention. And I, I tell everybody, state it out loud, like use your voice because it has resonance, uh, write it down. Um, but really we have free will and even our closest guides that have been with us for many lifetimes, they don't want to encroach on our free will. So you really have to kind of ask for help. You have to set your intention to be open. You have to, uh, you know, just declare that you're ready and open. And I think, I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is, um, you may say you want that, but you're really, really afraid of it. So it might not happen. So your vibration really might not be in alignment with that. Um, you may, you might think you want that, but not being really not ready. Um, so I think that'd be part of it. And then I think also a third thing would be, um, some of us have soul contracts to work with these beings of light in this way. Like I fully believe that my mission is to be working with these higher dimensional beings to bring energy frequencies and messages down to star seeds and light workers about the ascension and about our awakening and kind of that guidance there. But I think, you know, I think that's part of it too. Um, we need to meet our guides halfway. Um, it's not enough just to say, okay, guides, I want to channel and then sit back and wait for the magic to happen. You know, I think there's inner work that needs to happen. Your vibration needs to be high. Your heart should be open and full of love. Your intention should be good. Um, you know, good as a label, but you know, for your highest good and for the highest good of those around you. Um, it's not about 
power or knowing things like what, you know, what are the lottery numbers I need to pick? <laughs> They're not going to help you with that thing. So, um, bringing your guides questions is really important questions from the heart, not so much from a, a fear-based perspective, you know, um, but yeah. meeting your guides halfway is really important. Another question I have for you is about the law of attraction. I have interviewed some people about that and I have read some papers about it. I'm wondering if there's a connection between channeling and the law of attraction. Hmm. I'll tell you, Valeria, my, my expertise is not the law of attraction. I, I, um, I'm not sure I could answer that really and fully knowing, um, you know, being just to be honest with you. So law of attraction and channeling, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I, I think all of it is, um, it's a mindset to be open, to receive, to be, to consider yourself worthy of receiving. A lot of us, especially women have problems, uh, with worthiness. Um, and that's going to block your attraction to, and your manifestation and your abundance. Um, so yeah, I would say that openness to receive from a channeling perspective and a law of attraction perspective, I'd see that I could see that as a common theme. It seems to be like two different kinds of principles in which I don't think channel is a principle. It's just, uh, it's natural to the human experience and we just need to be open to it without practicing and, and working hard to have that, although there is hard work in a way. I, I would say that um, I think a, a lot of the blockages around channeling is that people put it in a box, like you, they have a very set expectation of what that could be like. Again, it's like the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain with the big <laughs> booming voice. And I'm like, it's just not really like, I mean, it could be that like that for some people. And maybe I've had one or two experiences like that. But mo mainly, it's subtle. It sounds like your voice. You know, it sounds like it feels like it's your imagination, but soon, but after practice and really meeting your guides halfway again, and, you know, making time for meditation. Oh my gosh, how many people have I talked to? Like they don't ever meditate, but they want to channel. If you can't really quiet your mind and get to a sacred quiet space, you're going to have a really hard time channeling. <laughs> you know, you, you really want to, um, make sacred space for that in your day. And, uh, just like any hobby, just like anything, it's a learned skill. And you must uh, show up for it. The question I have for you here, another one, is about the challenges that we face in our awakening journey. But for you, what has been the biggest challenges? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, biggest challenge for me in my awakening has been um, having the self-confidence really to declare that I do this and that I've had these experiences. So I'm the only one I know, at least when I first started on this path, that had any kind of remote experiences like this. It was foreign to me, even to my children, to my husband, to my, my dad, to my friends, to my extended family. So, um, you know, I, I was a big, big career in marketing for 25 years and very much living a 3D normal average American life. Um, and then I meet my spirit guide and everything changes. I mean, everything changes. And I'm talking to archangels and I'm talking to highly evolved extraterrestrial beings. You know, my family was beside themselves. Well, I was too. You know, I, I was even really struggling. Am I crazy? And this is why I published my book. And even as private as my book is, I, this has been a beacon for others who are going through similar experiences as mine that are hard to explain, hard to 
um, imagined for people hard to relate to. And I'm telling you, it's just like, it's changed the dynamic with my family, with my husband, with my friends, it really changed everything. And I, um, and that was really hard to understand that not everybody is going to be able to hang with me now. They're not going to be able to understand me, nor do they want to, and it's not their time. And there's nothing I can do to to help wake them up or to help them understand if they're not ready. You know, it's a matter of just letting go. But again, it's like we talked about earlier, the birth and death cycle. It's like it was a death of kind of my old life and a birth into this new life. But now, Valeria, two years later, I've got a website. I've got a practice. I've been channeling on YouTube. I, I have my book released and I feel so much more grounded in my mission than I ever have. Wow. So the biggest challenge is letting go of the old life, the old idea of who we are or what you were. Yeah. And that feels like grief, doesn't it? Is it grieving? Oh, yeah. I cried so many yeah. <laughs> I've cried so much over this process, so much grieving and so much um feeling guilty and feeling remorseful even and feeling so bad about but you know, um and I had a mentor early on that said Shauna, you have to stop caring what everybody thinks about you. You have to stop caring about that and follow your truth. And so those words, even today, I think about those words. Um, and it, it's important, guys, to own your truth. It really is. Talk to me for a moment about the negative reptilian energy. Yeah, so <clears throat> this was a huge shock to me early on a couple of years ago when I started working with Metatron, where he told me that I... My main mission is to help emancipate negative reptilian energy from the earth plane. And believe me, Valeria, it's taken me two years to be able to even say that out loud to an audience like this, like to really own it, to really own it. It's been so hard because uh, like, who's going to believe me with this? But I'm telling you what, I'd say just even in the last six months, um, this planet has been more and more ready to talk about this kind of force that's been here. Um, it's not so back, back with David Icke, when he was first talking about reptilians, he was the crazy one, right? And everybody laughed at him. But those pioneers like David, they paved the way. Corey Good, David Wilcock, you know, it's like listening to Corey Good. It's like he talked about reptilians. I was so relieved because I knew nothing about it. I was so relieved when I watched his video um, early on in my awakening, just like, oh, thank God, somebody else is talking about reptilians. This is maybe this is real because you really are questioning your sanity at this point. But um, yeah, this negative force, um, thousands and thousands of years, um, really manipulating our species and our planet uh, from a power base. And it's, um, I'm just truly learning about this myself, honestly. Yeah, I never heard about it. So that's an interesting okay. idea. And I try not to hold down to ideas too often. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm, this is what I do. What what I do with this, Valeria, is like, I'm going to, I'm just going to file this one away for later. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. more knowing will come and more experiences and I'll read a book or, or hmm. talk to somebody. And then a picture starts to form with my experiences kind of as I'm ready to really understand this. But yeah, if, I, I, here's the thing, like, if you can believe that everything is energy, that's important. If you can believe that we're not the only species here in the whole galaxy, that's important. If you could believe that there are negative species out there, okay, great. Now, here's a specific type of species that has some negativity, reptilian in nature, who have um, manipulated and had influence here under the radar for most of us here on this planet for a long time. So this ascension 
is part of clearing that energy out. And for me specifically, this is part of my mission and I'm still learning. I don't think I'm fully doing this work yet, um, but I'm gearing up for it. It's something that will be coming. One of these days you'll be able to understand the whole picture of what this is all about and where we are heading, where we are going with this. I really hope so. <laughs> um, I really hope so. Well, can I can, can I get there while embodiment? Can I get there while I am Shauna L. Francis on this planet right now? Or does it is it going to take me passing out of this body and being etheric in nature as a soul to really understand? I don't know, but I certainly hope so. And I I believe I believe yes, I do. To clarify, meditation and mindfulness are they the same to you, or somehow different? Oh, <clears throat> it, that's a great question. You know, mindful. Mindfulness, I struggle with just literally the mind in and of itself, maybe a little bit antithesis to meditation and to clearing your mind. So mindfulness, like that is a, you know, it's an interesting word, word choice that we've given this from a spirituality standpoint for meditation, right? <laughs> but um, getting quiet is kind of interesting because if you're working with your guides and you've set that intention before meditation, you don't necessarily want to completely block out all thoughts because that could be your guides coming through. <laughs> so it's almost an oxymoron. They're like, you, you've got to get quiet yet. You've got to be open to messages or feelings or thoughts or knowing. Um, so, um, it is a balancing act there and really your intentions, what's, what's important there. But so yeah, for mindful mindfulness, I think is incredible. Cause that, what that means to me is being in the moment at all times, no matter what's going on. Um, but getting quiet, it's really kind of more getting out of your mind into your heart and then being open to receive messages if you're wanting to do that. I love the way you say in your book, you say, I'm beginning to see through the illusion and into the truth of who and what we really are. I am free. I'm love. We are one. I absolutely love that. It's interesting, the part that you mentioned, you wrote this, the who and what. Thank you so much. Thank you. We are almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you, Shauna. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, no, I would. I mean, this book is not for everybody. I think, uh, you know, if you're feeling drawn, drawn to the ascension and um, feeling yourself as though there's something more to life and you may have a mission here, um, I would love for you to pick my book up. But otherwise, I just I'm wishing everybody just the best on their journeys here of, of, of knowing and awakening, especially in the times we are in right now, which are hugely transformative. Yeah. What is success to you these days? What is to be successful? <laughs> If you'd asked me this five years ago, I'd have had a completely different answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, success is like, can I go through my day being in the moment and being of love and light no matter what's going on um, and really honoring myself? And um, I, I really do think that just being able to be in light and to be beaming beaming love and uh, embodying truth in that way is success to me, which is so crazy to say out loud, <laughs> but I really think that's true. I really feel that. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of now? Um, <clears throat> hardest lesson for me to learn about myself. I really, really identified with my ego and this masculinity in terms of my career. So I would say like that drive and that wanting to be successful in that other form um, from a 3D perspective. I think, you know, really like I look back and again, without judgment, but completely honoring those times, but I, I can really see my ego at play and how that really um, was the filter for how I would approach life 
and relationships and people. Um, so now I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling much more humble and much more open and much more childlike. Like I'm just almost reborn and trying to understand this place. And, um, also just this idea of being of service. Um, it's a stark contrast to where I was, you know, 15 years ago. If you knew you would die soon, meaning lose the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? <clears throat> oh my gosh. Um, no, I'm, I'm feeling really good where I'm at. If I were to die right now, I'd be happy. What are three things about life you know for sure? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I already told you I feel like I'm a child and relearning everything. <laughs> so what do I know about life for sure? <clears throat> Okay, I would say life is absolutely an experiment, so have fun with it. Please don't take things so serious. So I would say fun, 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 folks, like find it. If you don't have it in your world, find it. Um, number two, understand that everything is either fear or love. Those are the two main uh, emotions that rule everything, and all other emotions are going to stem off of fear or love. So know that you're in choice to choose love over fear, but it takes that you're conscious of it. Got to be conscious of this. You are free. You are sovereign. You are not a victim. You are a conscious being able to make your choices and how you want to experience this life. And then number three, I would say is all about that unconditional love for self, unconditional love for yourself. Um, you really are going to have a hard time being beaming light and love if you don't love yourself. <laughs> so make that the first priority. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Shauna, for sharing this profound wisdom that's coming through you because you're open and this mission. Wow. I love your presence, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I very much enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services and future projects? Um, my newly launched website is www.shawnalfrancis.com, S-H-A-W-N-A-L-F-R-A-N-C-E-S.com. So um, I've got my books listed there. I've got a blog with some fun stuff and some experiences that I've had in terms of my awakening, and I link to other resources. And then um, I also have a YouTube channel at Shauna L. Francis, uh, where, uh, again, I've channeled the Galactic Federation of Light daily for 100 days. So please look me up. Um, that's been an incredible journey. Um, and right now I am um, just really working one on one with people uh, doing um, sessions, uh, helping people clear blockages and connect with their guides. So again, you can contact me through my website. Thank you so much again, Shauna. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Shauna L. Francis and her work, please visit shaunalfrancis.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <music>